reading for the day, Matthew 2, 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. So it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. May God add a blessing to this reading of the text and cause it to be the inspired word for us today. I read an interesting article uh, recently by Diane Bass, who's a Christian uh, church historian. And she was talking about the, the wise men coming and the gifts that they brought and how significant it was for these wise men, uh, sometimes mistranslated as kings, but uh, they're not really meant to be identified as kings, but maybe for our purposes that works pretty well. But the, these magi from the East who are clearly uh, people of means, people of power. I don't know how many of you can pack up your camel and head out for a few years, but uh, these folks certainly seem to have resources at their disposal. For these uh, wise men from the East, these three kings of the Orient to come and bring these incredible gifts to this peasant uh, was a remarkable reversal and kind of kind of begins this theme throughout the Gospels of the kingdom of God being this magnificent reversal of uh, the way the world is in contrast to the way the kingdom of God is and this bringing of gifts without any strings attached. Normally in first world Roman world back then, if you got a gift from someone, there were some strings and expectations attached to it. Uh, uh, a poor person might bring a gift to a leader uh, or a governor or someone in charge or their boss or whatever in order to uh, display their fealty or to to give, pay them respect or in the hopes of getting some kind of, maybe as a bribe, to get some kind of better situation for themselves and their family. For someone in power to give a gift to someone beneath them always had some expectations. Uh, 
you know, uh, I'm going to give you this now, but uh, I'm like in The Godfather. And uh, later on, I'm going to ask you for something, and uh, you're going to be ready to give it to me, right? <laughs> it's going to work that way. It always worked that way. And for Matthew to give us this story of these these people of means, these kings from the Orient, these wise men to come and bring such precious gifts. Gold, which has always been you know, a sign of wealth. Frankincense and myrrh, which are some stinky stuff that people pay a lot of money for. I don't know, you know, perfume and whatnot. Uh, I don't see it myself, but there were, in fact, the myrrh was even more expensive than the gold. And uh, it, these were used for various rituals and burial rituals and things like that. Very expensive gifts. And for these people of means to come to uh, Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus, bringing these gifts to these poor Jewish uh marginalized people was an example of a a tremendous reversal and the fulfillment of that which Mary sang about in the Magnificat in Luke 1 when Mary said he will bring the he will bring down the mighty and lift up the lowly and he will fill the hungry with good things and send the rich away hungry Uh, This big reversal that happens. And it seems as though the Magi are are, are coming, uh, are presenting and answering this question. Uh, Not so much is is Jesus worth uh, these great gifts of gold, frankincense of myrrh. Is Jesus worth spending a lot of money on, right? Uh, uh, As we do around Christmas, we kind of pick who we're going to spend a lot of money on. You have to evaluate. Are they really worth it? Uh, you know, is this, is, are they really worth the, the PS4 uh, that you're going to go buy or something like that, right? But uh, it's not, that isn't really the question being asked. The real question being asked is, is Jesus worth upsetting the norms of society? Is Jesus worth upsetting the way the world works and putting it on a different path. Because that's what the Magi are doing. They're coming with these gifts and they're saying, you know what, I know the world works a certain way, but we are, honor- we are giving honor, glory, and praise to this poor, uh, backwater Jewish child. And that is going to symbolically transform the way the world works. So the the answer from the Magi is yes. Jesus is worth upsetting the order of things. Jesus is worth uh, putting us on a different path and all the chaos that ensues, beginning with Herod, who is so frightened from the notion of a Messiah that uh, he follows the example of Pharaoh in Exodus and uh, has all the children killed. And it begs the question from us, is Jesus worth the gifts we have to bring? Tommy, um, for those of you who don't know, the, the youth are in, on their way back from a retreat this weekend. Uh, I went up and joined them yesterday, uh, but the youth and the young adults are up there retreating and having a good time. And Tommy did a couple of talks uh, throughout the weekend. And Tommy was talking to the kids about value and worth of things and, and how we 
we put value on, you know, how much value we put on the things in our life. And, uh, you know, and they talked about material things and, uh, you know, the, the iPhone 10 that everyone wants that's ridiculously expensive and, and all of that kind of stuff. But they also talked about, you know, uh, a friend. He, he figured that out, that a friend uh, costs him to keep a, a good friendship going. It costs him about three hours a week. Takes about three hours a week to keep a good friend, uh, in, you know, keep that relationship going and keep it keep it good. Uh, you know, is it worth it? Is it worth three hours a week to keep that relationship going? And he he kind of and then of course the obvious question is to come back and what is our relationship with Christ worth to us in regards to how do we value that? Because the reality is is it that. In truth, there's no carrot or stick hanging over our heads. Jesus has already, has already done everything that is needed to have that relationship happen. And we can value it or we can devalue it, but whatever the case, Jesus is always there. Even when we walk away and spend years away, we can turn around and I'll be darned if Jesus wasn't standing there the whole time. Ready to start fresh, ready to start right where we started. So on Jesus' part, Jesus is willing to pay it all. You know, how, how valuable was this relationship for Christ? Well, it was worth his entire life and death on a cross and resurrection so that we can have that kind of deep, intimate relationship that we're called to have with Jesus. But what is it worth to you and me? What is the value we place on that, that e? and it is kind of easy. And I, I guess, you know, f- for the most part, I think, yeah, it's very valuable to me to, you know, for, it's worth the hour I spend in church uh, because I get so much out of it. You know, I get, the, I get the warm fuzzies, I get my cup filled, I get ready for the week, I get that sense of Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but when I come to church, I get that Holy Spirit buzz going on, right? And I walk away all jazzed and ready to go. Uh, so I get all, that's the easy part. But is Jesus worth disrupting your life? Is Jesus worth making painful decisions that are not so easy, that we don't always get the warm fuzzies over? Is Jesus worth giving up certain things? Is Jesus worth uh, is Jesus worth disrupting the order of things? Is Jesus worth saying, you know what, I'm not going to spend my money here. I'm going to go through the effort of really thinking about how I'm spending my money and make sure that it's going somewhere where it's not costing someone else their livelihood or their life. Right? Being, being what I call faithful consumers. Is Jesus worth that? Is Jesus worth standing up to the, to the powers around us and saying, the, the way you are taking the world is, is not good for everybody? And I'm going to speak out about that. Is Jesus worth uh, seeking justice for not just yourself, but for those who don't look like us, talk like us, walk like us, act like us, or maybe even worship like us? Is Jesus worth doing that, having that hard, difficult conversation with the person you love 
because you know that the relationship you have right now is not honoring yourself, them, or God. Those are the painful choices. Is Jesus, is Jesus worth being tough on your kid in the hope of something better? You know, making those difficult and sometimes painful choices there. Is Jesus worth sacrificing a job you hate that is sucking the life out of you and the people you're working with and maybe making less money for a job that contributes to the, to the world and, and fills you and fills others? Those are hard, difficult decisions. But we are asked today to bring our gifts before the Lord. To bring our gifts to the baby lying in a manger, the poor child. And the gifts are not tangible things like gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The gifts are our own fealty, loyalty, and homage. When we say, here I am, God. Ask of me what you will. And I will struggle through whatever it takes to get it. To be who you called me to be. And to live the life you've called me to live. And it's going to be struggle sometimes. It's going to be joy at other times. But ultimately, at the end of the day, what it really is, is finding an authentic, genuine self. There's nothing better than living an authentic life and being who you really are and who God created you to be. Amen? Let us pray. Our great and loving God, we, we hear of the Magi bringing these wonderful gifts and we ask ourselves, well, what can I bring? What do I have? What do I have is myself. What we have to bring is our own relationship, our own love for you, and our own love for the idea of the kingdom of God that you lived for, died for, and rose for. May we learn how to bring the gift of our service to that idea every day, knowing that you empower us through the gift of your Holy Spirit. We ask all these things in the precious and powerful name of Christ. Amen.